So today, Monica, we're back. We are back. We're doing it again. Hey, everybody. And today, boss bitches. Strong boss bitches. And guess what we're asking? We're asking, who are these people? Who are these people people and where did they come from? Oh, Lord Jesus. Stay with us because we're getting into it today. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Monica, we're doing it. We're going there. We talked about this last time. We're going deep, and I am going to put a disclaimer out Disclaimer. Good luck. You got a disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have anything against anybody (laughs) named Karen. Nope. This is not meant to disparage or demean anybody with that name. And we don't even want to propel the Karen moniker. Like, we understand. But Because you were Monica. And you went through a Monica phase. I told phase. you when that Monica Lewinsky thing. You went, went through it. Oh my so you God. get it. I do get it. I get but it. we still are trying to. But we still people, yeah. have to talk about it. And it's not our fault that that just happens to be the name. It wasn't us. That they associated we didn't with do these that. horrid women yeah. doing these terrible things to people. Yeah. But we have to talk about it. We have this to talk about this it. This thing is huge. It's huge. It's next it's level. It's huge. It's next level. And I've had so many experiences with it, which is why I brought it and we decided mm-hmm. we were going to talk about it because this shit is real. It's to me, it's it's like a whole it's like a new th- like it's a new crazy thing. It is a new crazy. It's a new crazy that we I don't think have ever experienced ever in the history. My years on this ever. planet. I mean, you, you know, again, like I said, because I'm black, mm-hmm. my experience is different from yours. Yes. But there is a difference between what I've experienced when it comes down to racism and prejudice as a whole mm-hmm. than the experiences that I've seen with white women, specifically, in my opinion, in my opinion only, this last, not Biden, but the Trump presidency, I literally watched these incidents explode. Right. Because everybody knows that women voters were the majority that helped put him into office. Yes. Okay. Getting past that and any controversy anybody had because about Because politics that. are politics. We all have different Absolutely. politics. But no matter what your politics are, but when you look at Trump and the way he emboldened yes, he did. his followers, yes, he did. and they are followers. Yes, they are. Um, specifically women. Yes. I am telling you, Meredith, that I saw a shift yeah. in the boldness, boldness with specific white women when it came down to women of color and people of color. I can't, I've had so many experiences where I thought, what in the world is going on where you see people intentionally, blatantly, aggressively, and aggressively practice racism and prejudice, and they do it with an attitude. I, you know yep, what I see? Predatory. I, yep, I did it. And what you going to do? What are you going to do about it? And see, I always strive to conduct myself in a spirit of excellence in the world. Yes. Because that's my nature. I'm a good person. I will bless anybody any way that I can. I will help you any way that I can. 
during this pandemic. I have given more money, bought people groceries in front of me that I saw were struggling, yep. whatever, paid for gas at the gas station when I see somebody doesn't have gas, whatever. I will help anybody any way that I can. But my tolerance when I see somebody blatantly, I've had so many experiences, it's not even funny. I'll share one with you real quick with the listeners and the viewers as well. You think people are listening? It's not just me and you today. <laughs> I forget sometimes. So I know we run our mouths and I do have to tell you, sometimes I forget what's going on, <laughs> that people are actually listening to us. Yes. So are. this is for you too. <laughs> crazy. So I am in, I was in a big lot and I'm standing here looking at, they have this fabulous clearance section and this White lady walks up and stands in front of me. Stop it. She didn't say, excuse me, can I just grab that? She came and stood in front of me. And I said, are you kidding me? She turned around and she said, I don't want no black shit, none of your black shit today. Now, mind you, this woman was probably 70, 75 years old. Girl, the store manager had to come. I was screaming at that lady so hard. She said, I don't want none of your black shit today. I said, you disrespectful motherfucker. I said, Uh, I know you saw me standing here. You didn't stand to the left. You didn't stand to the right. You came and stood in fucking front of me as though I wasn't standing here. And you think that I'm not going to say something to you? I said, I know you know better. I know that you know better. So her husband comes over. What the fuck is going on over here? I said, what the fuck is going on is your disrespectful ass wife thinks that it's okay for her to be disrespectful towards me. I said, and I'm not fucking having it. Today's not your day. People, people were coming. They were looking around the owls and they was like, what's going on over there? Now I would never escalate it to the point where I get arrested because I work in law enforcement. Okay? Bad luck. But it, but was, the the, it was the principle of it. I literally ran them out that store. I said, you better get her and you get your ass out of this store now. I said, because you're not going to like what I'm getting ready to bring. So they did. They left. But just the audacity of that woman saying, don't you bring your black shit to me. Are you fucking kidding me? When you come and you stand in front of me, not courteous and say, pardon me. I just see something. It takes one second. One second to to have said, pardon me. I just see something right there that I'd like to take a look at motherfucker came and stood in front of me as though I was not standing there. Okay, so explain that shit to me. Help me understand. So the way I've seen it for the past, what are we saying, four or five years, right, is that they have created via the news, media, social media, talk hosts, etc., is this narrative of white people's experience, religion, Christianity, our guns, our whatever, is somehow being threatened by the other. So the other could be Asian. Who's the other? Middle Middle Eastern, Mexican, because, you know, rapists and murderers are coming over the border from Mexico. People are taking your jobs. Middle Easterns are terrorists. They're all the Muslim band. And you see this time and time again when you hear the white people on the recordings saying, go back home. And when you hear the rhetoric, go back home, the reason that they're saying is they think this is theirs. Yes. And they're being told that this is theirs and everyone is here to take it. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And so they are in a psychosis, believing that anyone that doesn't look like me, white, okay, Mm Anglo-Saxon, 
European is here to threaten their very existence, their ability to make money. They're allowing to have a religion and and, uh, pray because they are being brainwashed. I really do believe this. They believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that when they see an Asian American, that that person is there to take all of the jobs in IT or medicine or whatever. And so this is a, just as much as you and I believe what we believe to the bottom of our heart, we really think, and I was watching a TikTok. This guy said, you know, I'm watching these people lose their minds at school board meetings about their kids being masked. And these people are willing to lay down their lives because they think that their rights are being taken from them Mm -hmm. and that democracy is under fire. I mean, I have relatives that are like, we're going to communism, you know, a socialist, you know, blah, blah, blah. And these are intelligent college educated people that really, really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that our democracy and America as a whole is under siege by the other. But don't you find it interesting? Like I said, this Karen, Karenism. Yes. You didn't see this shit before Trump got in office. Because they have a leader. I mean, you just didn't. And I don't care whether people get upset about what I'm saying or not, but you didn't see it. It's something that shifted in this country. And this is not political. You can be Republican, but this is a fact. It's fact. I am telling you, I've had so many. And first I thought, I said, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive. But girl, when I was singing on TV and it was on all of the media outlets, and then I would talk to other Black people and they were like, what? Is the, it is rampant. Well, that thing that happened, I don't know if you saw the video of the gal at Victoria's Secret who I literally did. lost her marbles at Victoria's Secret. I did. I saw that. And thank God the woman videotaped yes, her because she because, was literally in fear for her. But no, you remember the guy up in New York City, the guy that was the bird watcher with the girl, the white girl that lied on him and said that he was assaulting her. Right. If that video had, if somebody hadn't videotaped it and he videotaped it to prove be that he would be in prison, in prison because they would have believed that white woman over that black man. And she was, and again, she got, she lost her job. She got terminated when her employer yeah. found out that she was this huge fraud. But what in the hell is happening where people think that it's okay to be disrespectful towards people of color? So what happened? They have a leader. And so they banded together, they meaning the people that decide to believe in this way. Okay, this is not political. This is not what at party. This is people that decide to believe that their whiteness is, you know, being attacked. Right. And again, I have people that do believe in my circle that do 100 percent believe that their whiteness is under attack. And that they are wow. being taken from. And my husband and I always he'll drive around. He goes, what exactly is being taken from you? Like, are your kids not allowed to go to school? Has someone actually come and gotten your gun? Yeah. Like there's a million jobs out there. So this is a psychosis. This is a fear. This is a feeling that is not based in fact, right? right? No one's coming to close your church. Go ahead. Give them all your pay. Trust me, they'll stay open. And so this is a psychosis. This is a, a lie. But I'm going to tell you how this has affected me as a woman, as a white woman, right? Okay. Is So I've allowed my hair to grow out. If you're not looking at me on social media right now, I've allowed my hair to grow out silver and dark, but I used to have it very, very blonde. Mm -hmm. Um, So you couldn't a hundred percent tell how old I am. Mm -hmm. And so now that my hair is silver and dark, you can kind of tell I'm late forties, maybe even early fifties, depending on, you know, your perspective. Right. 
when I am out and about, I cannot say anything that is questioning someone. This is not poor Meredith. I'm giving an example. Okay, yeah. So my kids and I went to a hamburger joint and I asked the gal for two burgers and a BLT. We get our burgers. We get one, two, three burgers. One burger has bacon, lettuce, and tomato on it. So I give it to my daughter and I say, go tell them it's not right. So she goes and says, it's not right. Mm -hmm. They do it again. They did the same thing. Same thing again. So I walk up and I ask the girl, I go, we wanted a bacon, lettuce, and tomato. And she's like, well, what don't you want on it? The bacon, lettuce. And I go, no, no, no. Like there was this disconnect, right? And this is a white girl. Wow. That's behind the counter. This is a white girl. And I go, no. On the board behind you is a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. That's all we want. And she's like, I don't understand what you don't want on your burger. So now we've got a disconnect, right? This is not going well. I feel like I'm in the matrix. I've entered some alternative universe, right? (laughs) Berenstein Bears land. So thank God. I go, I'm not trying to be rude, but are you on something? Because it was such a disconnect. Like I couldn't understand what was happening. Like I wasn't. So thank God she calls over this other gal. She comes over and I go, I'm not really sure what's going on, but all I want is a bacon, lettuce, and tomato so I could be on my way. And there's a disconnect happening. And she goes, we need a bacon, lettuce, and tomatoes, you know, stack. But I was like, and I never say things like, are you on something? But there was a major disconnect. Yeah, you could tell there was something happening. But I am super aware (laughs) of my whiteness. I'm super aware that I could be perceived as a Karen I could be perceived as that old lady that, you know, wants to argue with wait staff and, sure. and Starbucks. Sure. And so I am super, hi, how, hi, I'm not, I almost you, want to wear, you I'm, I am 100%. It's sad because it's almost like you want to wear a t-shirt that's like, and this is really gross. I'm an ally. I'm not a Karen. I'm a nice person because they have so, made it hard, girl. They're making it hard. You don't even understand. Let me tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you two quick things. I was in Palm Beach on business and I was having lunch with the brand spanking new client who just happens to be white. Doesn't make any difference, right. but it does in this instance. Now, you know what a Cobb salad is. I know you do, yeah. right? Okay, so a Cobb salad usually has lettuce, eggs, and and bacon, eggs tomato, yeah. and bacon, and, you know, nicely arranged arrange. sections. Yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, I'm sitting here with this woman, right? So this is how she orders the salad. When I tell you I was so mortified and the poor little waiter who was black, he could clearly see that there was nothing that he could do that, to make this woman happy. This is happy. This is how she ordered salad. She said, I want the cob salad, but I don't want any tomato, any eggs, any bacon. I don't want any of that. You want lettuce? She said, I just want the cheese, oil and vinegar, no salt, no pepper. So the guy, you know, he, he looked at her. He said, it's okay. He said, I just want to make sure I heard you clear. Just want to double double here. I just want to double check. <laughs> just want to double check. Make sure you want the cob salad, but you don't want anything that no, goes on the cob no salad. Cob. No cob. No <laughs> cob. Cob salad's on so cob. I'm, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, it's sweet, happening. Sweet baby Jesus. It's, it's happening. happening. It's happening. So the poor man couldn't do anything right. Right. He brings her the water. I thought I told you that I wanted water and I didn't want any ice. So he says, he says, he says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. He goes back and he brings her the water with no ice. He brings the salad. She said, it looks like I'm seeing something brown on this lettuce. She said, didn't I tell you that I didn't want any pepper? 
And he says, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. So he goes back again and he brings her dad back out, you know? So she says, well, I want some extra of this on the side. I, I was so mortified that I ended up over tipping him. Right. And I apologized because it was so evident, so evident that it was just over the top. Yeah. It was over the top. It's like, and I see how far I can push Exactly. It. And I could tell that she was so comfortable in that nature where for me, I could clearly see, do you not understand that this is almost abuse? Abuse. I mean, he was literally sweating. He could not do anything to make this woman happy. Well, I judge people by how they treat servers. But no, 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 no. Dating and everything. I'm getting ready to take you under Uh, this table. mm -hmm. Then as we proceed to have conversations, she starts telling me about what a devout Christian she is. And then she starts telling me about how important that she feels like that people are leaving the Christian religion because of the way they're being treated in the world. Girl, you could have bought me for a penny. I was looking at this woman like, what? Okay, your space shuttle must be outside in the parking lot. Right. Because what planet are you from where you can sit here and question whether or not, and she was actually interrogating me to make sure that I was a Christian. I wanted to say, girl, if Jesus walked in this room right now wearing a white robe and bronze feet, you wouldn't know who the hell he was. Can't see him. Can't see him. But I could tell she was so comfortable. And I found out later on that she has a reputation for being a Karen. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. But everybody that I talked to, that's the first thing that they said to me about. And you know what was so interesting? She sent me the most beautiful text. She says, oh, my God. She said, you are... You are the most amazing person that I've met in years. She said, you're just amazing. And I could kind of hear. Black person. That she wanted to say, black person. (laughs) You're the most amazing black Black person. person. She told my client to introduce her. She says, oh my God, she's amazing. This woman, she said, you made my month. And I'm sitting for like, Lord Jesus, okay. I don't need it. Seriously. But what do we have to do to help people to understand What's acceptable and what isn't acceptable when it comes down to the treatment of people of color? So this is the thing. I know in conversations that I have amongst certain white people that I'm around, they're disgusted by political correctness. And what political correctness really boils down to is I want to say whatever I want to say. I don't give a shit if I offend you. Mm -hmm. Your offense is you being sensitive Mm. and you being offended. It has nothing to do with me. I should be able to say whatever I want. So there was a big thing that happened a few years ago where political correctness started getting that this bad rap of, right. Oh, we have to be PC. Oh, everyone's so sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And all that is, is kindness. Mm -hmm. Political correctness is really kindness. Kindness. It's being kind. Yes. You don't have to lie, but it's being kind. You can't use slang terms. You can't call, you know, Mexican people bad names. You can't call Middle Eastern people bad names. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we're seeing it rolled out again now with the changing of the names of the sports teams, you know, from the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Guardians. And I have white people around me that are like, 
they're so butthurt. I don't understand why they have to be so damn sensitive. You have no say on this topic. You are not Native American. You're not allowed to talk. Just like I don't think men should be allowed to talk about my ovaries and uterus and what lives inside of it, right? (laughs) Or doesn't live inside of it. There's certain things that we're just not allowed. I am not allowed to talk about your experience on this planet as a black woman. I do not have a say in it. It's not my conversation to take part in. So I am not allowed to tell you that me being or not being politically correct Mm -hmm. is offensive to you. Exactly. But again, it's like what I said, I get upset sometimes with some of my white friends. I had one of my clients say to me, he said, I can't even imagine what your experience is like. And I told him, I said, I would give anything for you and I to switch places for a week and for you to see the bullshit that we have to encounter in treatment. Because we're, and for me, like I said to you, I always get that different thing, like the example that I just used. You know, oh my goodness, you're so, you're so articulate. Oh my goodness, you're so intelligent. You're not like the rest of them. You're so different. And it's such an insult. They think that they're paying you a compliment. It is not a compliment. No one has ever told me I'm articulate. It's insulting. No one. It's insulting. No one has told me that I'm very professional. I'm I'm telling you, (laughs) it's insulting. No one has ever told me how educated I am. No, it's so insulting. <laughs> they might actually say that I'm invited to the barbecue. <laughs> it's one of my friends of color. If I'm invited to the barbecue, I'm all in. But they don't say, oh, you're one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying when I'm invited to the barbecue. But at the same time, like this is not a normal occurrence right. in my life. And see, like what you mentioned yesterday, we didn't get a chance to really go into it. But when you are the only Black or African-American person in the room, you know, I remember going to um, a wealth management conference. I didn't even know that this particular organization existed. And one of my clients who is uber wealthy, he's actually a billionaire, invited me to this conference. There were 200 people in this room and you have to have a certain amount of wealth to even be invited. It's some ridiculous amount of money. It's crazy. There were six black people there. Yeah. And I was one of the six out of 200 people. And I remember saying to him, he said, the reason that you don't see more Blacks and people of color at something like this, he said, is because of access. He said, not only access, but stereotypical perceptions that people tend to have about Blacks. He said, you're accepted because you're with me and they all know me. So they know for you to be with me, you must be somebody. And I said, that's ridiculous. I understand that. But what if I wasn't with you? If I'm in the room, I'm supposed to be in the damn room, period, period. It shouldn't be that I'm qualified to be in the room because I'm with you. So what do we have to do to help change this narrative and change the attitudes that people, I had a man call me a black bitch. That probably went over well. Oh, girl. I have to set up the circumstances of why I was called a black bitch. But, you know, the only reason that I really wasn't upset about it is because we're strong. What are we? Strong Strong boss bitches. bitches. And I understand his context of how he was saying it. He was driving down the wrong way of a one-way street. That'll do it. And he comes up on me. I can't move because it's one of those small, narrow streets where I literally had to get up on the wall to let him pass. And I rolled the window down and I kept pointing at him saying, it's a one-way street. There's cars behind me. It's a one-way street. He pulls up next to me, rolls his window down, and he says, Black bitch, move. And I said, Sir, 
This is a one-way street. My color has nothing to do with the fact that your ignorant ass can't read a sign and this is a one-way street. He said, you motherfucking black bitch. I see you call me black bitches all day. I said, don't move me, don't shake me, don't nothing. You're going the wrong way. And the people behind me were white and they, they did this. They said, dude, it's a one-way street. You got to back out. We, we can't get past you. He didn't call them white this or crackers right. or peck of woods or nothing. <laughs> he chose to call me a black bitch. He didn't say a damn thing to the white people that were behind me, but I'm the black bitch. Why was that even necessary? And even they said- Because you thought it would get to you the it, most. It, exactly. And even the guy behind me- When people said, call names- He, he said, it. I heard what he said. He said, I'm so sorry. I said, it's fine. It's cool. I said, he just showed how ignorant he was. Yeah. You don't see the damn sign saying one way. Right. And you pull down and then I'm the black bitch. Somehow it's your but fault. see, he would have never called you. Like I said, if it had been you, he would have never, you cracker. He probably would have said, thank you. You peckerwood. But this is the thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, why are we getting farther and farther apart in this? Because I think it's, but if you look at the abortion ban in Texas, what do they talk about? (sighs) They're talking about the fact that we need more white babies. They can't build a wall. It won't do it. I saw a great thing on uh, TikTok the other day about this. And it's this famous speaker. I can't think of her name right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone else who's listening probably knows who this is, the older lady. And um, she was saying, if we build a wall, we, we, we can't, um, say only dark people can't come in. Absolutely. Right. If we say, um, we are going to do, I forget what the other thing was. We can't say only dark people can't do that. So the only thing that we can do is stop abortions. And which means that we'll have 60% more white babies just by banning abortions. It's the only way to increase the white population legally without saying the word no blacks. Wow. Okay. So when they implement an abortion ban, not only does it increase white babies by 60%, It also, they start building prisons. Yes. Which is a business within itself. And guess who owns those businesses? People don't understand. Like all Cheney's buddies, BlackRock, all that stuff. Right. So Prisons are business. So we have more white babies being born by 60%. We have more more slave labor, Mm -hmm. 14th Amendment. Mm -hmm. We have more slave labor Mm -hmm. in prisons. We have more money being filtered from the federal and state government to the prisons Mm -hmm. whose that money is then going in white pockets. It's a win-win to stop abortion. It is. For the white population. That's a whole episode. This is a whole episode. It is. But the thing of it is, is we need to start looking at the fact that all of everything that we're talking about is... But you know keeping what? I'm white, you what I feel, keeping America white again. I tell you what I feel very, very strongly and led to share is that I think one of the things that has to take place to me, there's two things that has to take place about this Karen situation. Yeah. Is we have to hold these women and individuals accountable, but there also has to be an understanding that there is a stereotypical attitude that white people have about blacks, that we're aggressive that we're abrasive, that we're criminals, that we operate differently in a different mindset than white people have. These are conversations that we need to have. Mm -hmm. Is it uncomfortable? Of course it is. But I'm no more aggressive or assertive than you are. I just feel very passionately as a Black person living in a country amongst people that have created systems that are not set up to advance everybody. The systems are not set up 
to create equality for all races. Anybody that thinks that it's a fucking fairy tale because it isn't. Right. All you have to do is look at the criminal justice system. It's a fucking joke. It's a joke. But you have to hold people accountable. We have to be able to have these honest conversations. You're my friend and I love you, but you can never tell me what it feels like to be called a black bitch. No. For no reason. Or to see your, your children or your nephews, you know, blatant, blatant racism, blatant racism. It's such a horrible feeling and an experience. And that's the other thing that I want to talk about. What do you think you're teaching your children? Hatred. You, what do you think you are teaching your children when your children are watching you purposely and intentionally be mean-spirited and be demeaning towards another person of color? What are you teaching them? And that lives inside your kid. Yes. And then you can't understand why these kids are so confused because they just want to love everybody. They want to get along with their sweet little friend in school that they sit next to and that their buddy on the football team or the basketball team, you know what I'm saying? And they can't feel comfortable about their little friend, Johnny, because they've heard mommy and daddy call black people niggas. Right. But that's my little buddy that I love and adore. What are you teaching your children? To me, that's something that I don't think that they think about. Oh, I think they think about it. I don't think they do. I think that they are on board with wanting their entire family to be racist and the elitist. Remember what I said? I could be a lot of things. I might be a, you know, white trash hillbilly from God knows where, but at least I'm not black. And at least you're not, you might not have yeah. an education, yeah, son, that's true. but that's you're true. not black. Yeah. And so you are always better than the Mexican down the street or the Middle Eastern. I mean, the hard part is, you know, if we all were sitting in a room together and by all, I mean all, sure. and I introduced you or a friend of mine who's from India or a friend of mine that is of Japanese descent, and we were all sitting in a room, my white friends would like everyone. Yeah. But the thing of it is, is we are so compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. We have othered each other so much, yeah. you know, I mean, just as much as if I walked into an entire party and everyone in there was of color or all black and here comes white people would say, oh, she's with me. Right. Because otherwise I'd be like, oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble now. I don't know if you saw that, that TikTok, but I tell you what, it was the funniest one. And again, <laughs> I don't applaud. I don't encourage. However, violence. But the TikTok with the with the white lady that kept calling the black lady in the grocery store a, a black bitch, and the black lady told her, she said, "Oh, you got the right one today." She said, "You got one more time to call me out my name." She said, "You got one more time to call me out my name." That black lady, said, the white lady, said, "You black bitch," and before she could get her. The black lady laid the white lady out. Hey. And she told she said, I told you. I warned you. You got the right one today. And that thing got millions of views. And what was interesting about that situation is that they didn't arrest her because the way that the police viewed it, and, and you could clearly see this white lady aggressively and assertively taunting this woman. And I'm just like, and you can see she felt so comfortable with it. She was so comfortable with it. I mean, if you've ever been in that position, you can't tell me what that feels like. I've been in that position. But I'm going to tell you. It's a horrible feeling for somebody to do that to I'm going to tell you, though, I was in a situation 
last week. I wasn't there. I, I heard about it. This person came back and told me what they did. And they went into a grocery store and the lines were long. And so this person was telling me how she went over and said, hey, hey, are you in line? They need to open up another thing. Hey, hey, you need to open up over there. And this person's telling me that this is what they did. And I don't say anything because I'm not arguing with crazy. But this Karen, this who these people are that have this sense of entitlement to act out, to act crazy, to assert themselves into other people's experiences, to take over a situation, to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually started with road rage. I really do. Yeah. The road rage that the world sur- is around cor- me. That's a good correlation. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's everyone's supposed to drive to make me comfortable. Right. Everyone needs to be doing everything <laughs> to make me happy. Right. Yeah. And you have experienced how horrible that is in Chicago. I mean, it's, we drive like, we just need to get over the curb, right? No, I could, I could <laughs> not. I'm serious. I was thinking about that. I said, I love Chicago. I've been here. I love to visit, but I couldn't live here because I would literally be every day would have five cardiac arrests cussing people out. Because y'all, you all don't. We just get where you, we need you to go. All, you all don't say, excuse me, can I get over? I did. These, when I, pe- when these I, people yeah. just get, get, they just they go. Just get they go. And you're just like, get, you don't even have a blinker on. And you just. Girl. And I like a wave. I like a girl, thank you wave. I will wear my horn. Yeah. That wouldn't, wouldn't be no horn. It but, wouldn't be no horn. But I'm telling you, this started with road rage. The sense of entitlement and narcissism that the world has to be ready for me at all times. Yeah. And so when these people are in a situation where they feel emboldened, yeah. entitled to have the world succumb to their every women need at all times. But did we not really find out I'm about how you. people feel about this country? In my opinion, this country got a huge wake up call in January. January 6th. I am mortified. I am embarrassed as an American citizen of what I saw in January because that was about pure hatred. I think they were going to kill people. They were going to kill people. Well, they did. I mean, two people ended I mean, up dead. And, and it was horrible, but I was embarrassed that whatever feelings that you have about the election, being able to threaten the lives of our Congress people, our senators, our leaders, if they could have gotten to those people, they would have killed them or injured them. There is not a Washington in my mind. What has switched? What has shifted in your mind to the point that you can justify taking the life or injuring another person because of your political beliefs? But I truly believe it was. This is ISIS. I'm telling you, this is like ISIS. They are 100% brainwashed to believe that their country is being taken from them by Biden and Democrats. Mm -hmm. They really do believe. And and this is a point that we need to really understand as a country. These people are being brainwashed by the media and by news and by memes. And I don't know if you know this, by the time this comes out, it's going to probably be old news. But this morning I was watching something and anonymous has hacked 
all of the stuff that where all of this misinformation is coming from. So we're, by the time you're listening to this, you're going to probably hear the fallout. My opinion, they know who anonymous is. Right. You will never tell me. It's probably right. I mean, it's probably not with, not with the intelligence that we have in this country. And you don't have to work in law enforcement like me to know that. Right. Not with the intelligence that we have in this country. They know who the hell anonymous is. Anonymous is a patsy to get what we want without having to be saying that we're hacking people. Right. Because exactly. you can't hack people legally. So so the thing of it is, is we're about to find out where all this misinformation and people really aren't understanding who benefits from dead Americans. Exactly. And I think that we really need like I always sit there and go, let's go to the proof. The proof's in the pudding. Who benefits from dead Americans? I don't know. Russia. Who benefits from people dying at, you know, a million rate? Who benefits from people that are crazy people? Because because if you got the vaccine, you kind of fall into lockstep with what's being put out there, right? And so if you are a a person who is flagrantly going against society, right? We want you dead because you're a rabble rouser. You have 17 guns in your house. You're going to fight, right? right? Whereas I'm not gonna. I mean, I have guns in my house, but I'm still not gonna fight unless they come to my door. But my point (laughs) is, is who benefits from dead Americans? And see, most people won't look at it that way. Right. They just look at it from with almost a spirit of tunnel vision. Right. Where they only see their way and it's the highway. They're not willing to look at it. But your point is on spot. Yeah. And this is the thing that we need to start looking and going this. We know for a fact that their election was hugely uh, given misinformation from Facebook. Oh my God. From Russia. There's rooms and buildings filled with hackers mm-hmm. that were sending memes that seemed to be coming from one news source and it was actually another news source. Right. And so I got off of Facebook and I won't click on anything. I don't go on anything. Right. I don't want my brain to be um, susceptible to disinformation. Okay, you also have to have common sense. And you have to do your due diligence. Well, people share stuff. If you're that interested in a specific subject, do your research and your due diligence and find out, fact find about what's really the truth. But the thing of it is, is the people people that won't do that. The people that are voting in that way, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, farmland. This is the, this is not your New York, LA, Fort Lauderdale. This is all the red area. And I I mean, this is political, but I'm just saying it's the not college educated folks who are not going to do the research. Someone sends me something. What do I do? I immediately start researching it and I start looking at both sides. I start, where is this coming from? Because a lot of it's clickbait. A lot of it's whatever. My point is, is coming back to who are these people? We really need to understand that these people who are angry and when we see anger, what is that coming from is fear. We need to see what is happening Mm -hmm. and what are they afraid of? They're being fear mongered by by outlets. Well, I will be honest with you since we're having this very, uh, we always have open conversations. A lot of white people are very fearful about black people becoming wealthy and becoming in positions of power and authority. Yeah, I mean, you guys are allowed to play basketball, but don't be coming in the damn boardroom. Exactly, exactly. I ain't got time for you being in the boardroom. Exactly, you know, whether you've got voting right. And I tell people, to me, the two most important things that I see to really, really, really make a difference in this world now is you have to have power and wealth. Mm -hmm. And education. You have to to be able to- You have to have power and wealth or you can't function in this society. You can't. And I find that a lot of white people 
are very fearful about Black people becoming wealthy because they feel like that once we become wealthy and we gain power, you're going to do to us what we did to you. You better come on with it. You and better come on with it's it. It's the same thing as aliens. I am telling you. Everyone, that, is, that but that yep. is a fear. But people that are afraid of aliens coming and killing us and doing experiments on us because why? We killed black people and did experiments that on them. Mean, All of the gynecological information that we have was done on black female slaves without anesthesia. P.S. That's how we know about the female anatomy is from. So this is why white people are so fearful. This is why white people hated Obama. I know because that. that was the beginning of the fear. So what we're seeing today, what we're seeing today is when black people used to try to move into neighborhoods, but on a bigger scale. Girl, let me tell you. It's something. not just moving into neighborhoods. Now you're moving into business. Now you're moving into communities. Now you're moving into politics. And it's just like people are like, holy crap. Here we go. Here we go. And that's just, this is the microcosm of the macrocosm of people moving into neighborhoods. That's what you're seeing is the same fear. I was looking at a house in a very, very, very upper class neighborhood in Atlanta. And a friend of mine happened to be the real estate developer. And he told me this story. He said, you are not going to believe what just happened in this particular subdivision. I said, what happened? He said that, he said, what made me decide to sell my interest in this particular development is that there was a Black family that was looking at a home in the development. He said, four of the neighbors got together when they found out that the Black family put an offer in on that particular house. This is a multi-million dollar house. Four neighbors got together overbid that contract to keep the black people from being able to buy because there were no blacks that lived in that subdivision. And this is not 1950. Girl, I was, when he told me that story, I said, are you freaking kidding me? He said, they were that afraid to allow. I said, if a black family can afford to buy a two or $3 million house, guess what? Obviously they, you know, I mean, come on now. Are you kidding me? This is not the Beverly Hillbillies and this ain't good time. But how you do can we afford, convince white people again, that this is insanity? Just that, just that mindset to me disturbed me so badly that I was like, in this day and age, you got people doing ignorant shit like that? What is the Black family going to do to the neighborhood and it's a $2 million home? I'm confused. I'm telling you. But again, until we start making people accountable, yep. you have to call it out. You have to have anti-race. You have to call it out. You have to call it out because a lot of times it's ignorance. It's not uneducation from that yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. It's ignorance where they're so used to getting by with it and nobody's willing to stand up. You have to be willing to stand up for justice to make change. And I believe that this is going to happen. I think it's going to get better from white women. White women need to be active. And when, when you say, because let me say what I know about you. Yeah. If you, first of all, you wouldn't have to come to my defense, but I know you would. Yes. Yeah. You know, we, we love each other. Right. But I know that if we were together and you saw somebody disrespect me in any type of a racial format, I know you're going to call them on the carpet. I wouldn't even have to wonder a question. So that has to start taking place 
in all instances, when you see it being done, don't damn stand there as a bystander and be like, that's not my business. The hell it is your co-signing. business. You're, you're co-signing that shit. You're co-signing it. If you don't it. say something, you're co-signing You are a part of it. If Absolutely. you are not against it, you are Absolutely. either you're with us or you're against Absolutely. us. Those are your Absolutely. two choices. Absolutely. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, I'm so glad we're talking about this because this shit is huge, Meredith. It's huge. I mean, it's happening everywhere. And I'm going to say something, and this is going to be very controversial. And when we were, I know. And when we were off recording yesterday, I said something to you. I said, some people are going to hear my voice and think that I am an empathizer Mm -hmm. to the black community, that there's something off about me because it seems a little too forced, right? Right. It seems a little too passionate. And what I said to you was, is not only do I believe that all people should be in love and be in safety and what, but I also think that any type of racism is actually very negative to the white community and they just don't realize it. They don't recognize that their awakening and that their happiness cannot ever happen while they are racist. So the forwardly motion of all white people is very, very dependent on not being racist. So my passion, although appearing to be for black people people. is actually very, very much for white people because they are not seeing the filter that they are living inside of. And then this platform, I think that, which is what I love so much about what we're doing, because um, I love you, but I'm not going to change my opinion. No. Because of our friendship and I'm black and you're white. I I don't care about that. I'm going to always speak my truth. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with everything that you say, but I will be respectful of your opinion. You have to be. And I think that that's where people make the disconnect. Just because we disagree doesn't mean that we have to dislike each other. I can disagree with you, you know, because again, I don't know what it feels like to be white. I can't tell you what that feels like. It's itchy. (laughs) I cannot tell you what it feels like to be itchy, but I sure can tell you what my experience is as a black woman in this country. Overall, it's been beautiful. Yeah, it's been beautiful. I mean, I've told you I've got such a kaleidoscope of friends. I love my friends. We get together. We have dinner parties. They come to the house. We vacation together. I love them. They love me. We don't see race. We only see race when we see people go and do these horrid things towards each other. And it's a white person doing something to a black person or a black person doing something to a white person. But that's when you have to make those distinctions. But amongst in, in my group, we don't look at each other that way. Well, I tell people all the time, you know, what can I do? What can I do? They'll message me. What can I do? And you know what I say? Be the light. You be you. Be the change that be you want to see. That you want to see the in the world. Be the you want to see. Okay, because I told you about what happened at the grocery store the other day where the ladies dropped her purse. Right. I told you she dropped right. her bag and it was a white lady. And I bent down to help her pick up all of her things and went on in the grocery store and didn't realize that there was a little elderly white lady right. that saw me do that. She came and found me in the grocery store and she said, I just want to tell you I saw your kindness. And I, and I, and I said, excuse me. And she said, when the lady dropped her purse, you helped her put everything back in her bag. She said, that was so kind. And I said, well, thank you. You know, I said, but that's what we're supposed to do. And she said, yeah, I know. But she said, things are just so ugly out here. And I said, they are. I said, but we have to 
show kindness towards each you other. Have to be the so it was sweet that she recognized my kindness, but it almost was like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Right. I mean, if somebody drops everything out their purse, you don't just damn roll over everything and just walk past them. You're supposed to be courteous. You know what I mean? But I mean, it touched my heart yeah. that she came and said something. But I was thinking, my goodness, wouldn't everybody have stopped? But when I thought about it, everybody would not have stopped. But this is the thing. We need to figure out who are these people? What are you people? If you're listening and you're like, shit, that's me. You need to start paying attention to what you're feeding your soul. The information that you're ingesting, the hate mongering, the fear mongering, you know, the anger that you are ingesting on a daily basis that is creating this. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to lay your head down on your pillow and know that you're a mean person. You're a mean, nasty person. And I got to tell you, I like being a nice person. I do too. I like being kind. I do too. I, you know, there was a kid the other day, I was pumping gas and he ran by me back to his car. He must've bought something in the gas station. I go, dang, you smell good. And he lit up like he was a probably 20 year old kid. And he goes, oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Cause you know, he was proud of that cologne because yeah. I could smell him for six <laughs> feet, but he did smell good. You know, like it feels good. And if you're out there and you are angry and you are in fear or you're a Karen or you're a damn Karen, Karen that's just stop acting out. It. Be stop it. Kind. Take a beat. Take, Take a, a moment and look at how it, you want to be treated because you're going to get it back. The script because this is karma. Let me tell you what I tell people all the time. Karma is a bit, and she is, and that girl legit. don't play. She, when I tell you, Shows you cannot up. do these ugly, mean spirited things to people and think that you don't leave karma in the universe because you do. And let me tell you what this is the thing they act like this, they act like this, they act like this, and then something happens and they go, See, I told you it was that bad. No, exactly. you invited the you bad, invited that. you invited and the I negativity. Do that you can do that. Oh, that's, I won a hundred episode, but yeah. You can draw that energy into your life Frequency, when you yep. walk out your door with the intention of being a badass or a nasty mf god dog it what do you think you're going to draw to you all day you're going to draw every opportunity and situation that's going to challenge and help encourage that attitude you walked out your damn house with if you're looking for a fight you're going to find you're it. going to find a fight you're going to find every fight. time all the time and i told you the other day we were driving and i said wherever i go people like me Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. That's what I expect in the but world. See, I expect the positivity. I expect excitement. But that's what I put in the universe. Yep. Yep. I expect that. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients, Meredith, I don't know what it is. I pull into so Starbucks, people flip me off. I go to Target, people are yelling at me. And I'm like, because that's what you're expecting to see yeah. in the world. Yeah. And I think we're talking about frequency in an episode coming up. Frequency mm-hmm. and law of attraction and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be talking about that soon. But I just want to thank everyone who's listening today. I know we kind of went political-ish, but I don't want anyone to see it that way. I know you don't. We just want to get to the bottom of where all this is coming from. Where are these people coming from? Why are they showing up in this way? How can we combat this? How can we do better today and tomorrow? If you have friends and family that are acting like this, you know, call it out. Just call it out. Bring it to their attention. And even if it's you and you didn't recognize that you are really carrying those characteristics and qualities course correct and change it pay attention stop watching the news get off of facebook Mm -hmm. you know all that kind of stuff but thank you guys so much for listening this week we are the 
strong boss bitches. And we will be back next week with another exciting, crazy topic. So see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.